Attention, listener, I have an assignment for you. Your mission, should you choose to accept it, is to engage with the real nerds, a.k.a. the best podcast on the internet. You can listen to their episodes on their website, realnerdspodcast.com, and you can also listen to them on Spotify, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, and iTunes. Follow their social media pages on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. This message will self-destruct never. Real Nerds Podcast, unofficially the official podcast at Denver Pop Culture Con 2021 and beyond. And it's lockdown number two. So once again, we're coming to you via Zoom. Hey, Brad. Hey, what's up? No, you know, living the dream. Zach? Oh, um, pandemic two, pandemic harder. Lockdown two, locker harder. (laughs) Electric boogaloo. Electric boogaloo. Yes. (laughs) Um, So... So um, I have a pandemic story for you and why we still have a pandemic. Um, I went to Best Buy today because they have their, um, their Black Friday sales are going on right now. So I said, oh, I'm going to go pick up some cheap movies. And uh, Kellen really likes uh, Playing With Fire, the John Cena movie. So mm-hmm. that was five ninety nine. So I was like, okay, yeah, that's fine. And then um, I got a couple other ones and like the Deathstroke movie, which I really wasn't that interested in, but I heard it was good and it was five to 99 as well. So I'm like, fuck it. Who cares? Um, and so I got my like four movies and I go up and there's like this, I don't know, 17 year old kid who's checking people out, um, you know, at the register and he gets to me and I notice I look down and he has like an open package of Swedish fish and he has gloves on and he has a mask and while he's checking me out, he pulls the mask down and starts eating the Swedish fish, pulls the mask back up and says, man, I really like Swedish fish. Oh yeah. Whoa, 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 wait, wait, wait. And I said, he did that in front of you. Yeah. I said, Hey dude, do you mind not um, (laughs) pulling your mask down and eating uh, with gloves on? Because here's the thing is I don't want him to get fired. But at the same time, it's gross. Yeah. And that's... we're in the middle of a pandemic. And if I already didn't have COVID, I might have freaked out a little more. <laughs> that, 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 for, two things are bothering me. First of all, the entirety of your story. Second of all, that yep. he made it, found it necessary in the middle of him neglecting his pandemic duties to be like, man, Swedish fish. The best of the candies. Ryan, have, <laughs> have you ever had a retail job where the manager said it was okay to eat in front of customers on the floor? No, no, <laughs> no, not and, God, no. And here's the thing, too: it's pandemic or uh, no pandemic. Yeah, I forgot another part of the story. So, um, Doolittle with Robert Downey Jr. is also five ninety nine, or I could have sprung for the Ultra HD for ten, but I'm mm-hmm. like, oh, this movie's not good enough to own an Ultra HD. And I want to spend the extra money. I just, you know, I'm just a completist because I want the Robert Downey Jr. movie. Mm-hmm. And, 
And he, so I pay for everything and I'm leaving. And he says, oh, and by the way, this movie, it's not good. Okay, man. <laughs> Have a nice fucking day. Watch yeah, God. Did you? Did you? You that's that's when you call out the pull out the card and be like, listen, not only are you irresponsible, but you're talking to a podcaster who's been doing this shit for eleven years. You don't think <laughs> I don't know that Doolittle is garbage? Like, <laughs> know. you know, it's funny. This is how stupid I am, and me owning movies. Like, I I saw that and I go, you know, for five ninety nine. I'm a completist because I, I mean, I wasn't going to get it when it came out for 25 bucks. I said, you know what? Is it really that bad? So I'm going to watch it again. I'm like, oh my God, this is a piece of shit. But, <laughs> you know, uh, whatever. But you're, but you're a completist. You know, we all, we all yeah. have like the garbage heaps of, of, of our, in our collection and stuff for the most. Like, yeah, I mean, I have to have all of Robert Downey Jr.'s movies. Like, I have uh, Wonder Boys coming on Blu ray next week that movie's pretty good though so yeah i mean i've got some burns and allen's movies that are not good at all but they're still there you know i found yeah, them cheap I mean, I, you, yeah you, you you figure out how to get them at the lowest possible cost <laughs> all right well th- i'll just segue to the next thing i mean on this podcast we talk about movies so um brad what is like the one shameful movie you own be- and you're like this movie is not that good but i have to have it because it's part of a collection or it's a part of a completist run. What's the one movie where you're like, nope, not, I, I don't know why I have that one. Oh, like, like I have, like I, 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 I'm like, I'm ashamed to have it. It's not something like, oh, I, you know, five of these came with this purchase. So I just have it. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah. It's like my Doolittle. you know, it's not a very good movie, but I said, you know, it's a Robert Downey Jr. Movie. So I need to have it. So something like I actually want to have, not just like something extra that I have. Uh, gosh. Yeah. I mean, I've been pretty disciplined lately about just getting the stuff that I really want. Um, off the top of my head, maybe something like um, like a like a like a shitty Shout Factory movie that was like, "Oh, this is gonna be awesome," and then <laughs> you watch it, and you're like, "Oh, this yeah. is a mistake." <laughs> um, yeah, maybe like the Peanut Butter Solution <laughs> is that <laughs> okay? That's fair. Um, Trying to think of something else that I actually like really love. I mean, I have Super Mario Brothers. People hate that, but I love it. Yeah, it, it's it's interesting because now that you brought up Shout Factory, yeah, I mean, I've been really more disciplined as well. That's why I waited till you know Black Friday before I got. I mean, in the old days, I'm like, fuck it, it's a Robert Downey Jr. movie. I'm just going to get it. Um, but uh, Shout Factory, you know, they do their uh, Shocktober events, or every once in a while they have seventy percent off things. And one movie I have is called Blood and Lace, and it is so fucking awful. <laughs> and I'm watching it, and I go, and I just see it still on my shelf. Like I'm looking at it right now. And I go, why do I still have this fucking movie? And <laughs> and then I saw that it's out of print and it sells for a lot. I go, okay, well maybe I'll hang on to it for collector's item. <laughs> I'm uh, ashamed that I have it. You should probably sell it though, because they might do like a new edition, and then you'll you know that people won't true. care about a, it. A, a new 4K scan of it. Yeah. <laughs> Or AK. AK TVs now. So I guess if I'm talking like there's, I mean, The Shadow is one where I know that movie's not amazing, but I have to have it because of the old time radio connection to it. The same with The Lone Ranger. Um, the Lone Ranger has depreciated in value with me over time. Um, but um, I was going to say because of the amount of, 
golden age Hollywood movies that I end up collecting, I end up having um, double dips unintentionally. So I ended up picking up the fourth volume of the gangster series that they put out back in the mid two thousands. I have two copies of the amazing Dr. Clitter house between two different collections. And I'm like, I don't love this movie that much. Why do I have two copies? (laughs) You know, I I think it is too, a big misconception that all uh, classic Hollywood films are good. (laughs) Oh no. Oh dude. There's, there's one I have. I have, um, uh, I have a, uh, a Bob Hope movie called where there's life. That is not good at all. I just got it because it was in that uh, big hall that I got when I worked at the thrift store where I was like, I, you know what? I'm never going to pay more than the $3 they're asking for this right now. I've got it. <laughs> yeah. I've got to get it. And there's like, and there's movies that I've seen where I'm like, you know what? I would want this for completest value, but I don't know if it's worth having it on my shelf whatsoever. Like Charlie McCarthy detective is the worst thing I've ever seen in my life. And it <laughs> ruins the legacy of that ventriloquist. But I, God damn it. I, if I ever found a copy, I, I might get it going like here, here's an example of what not to get. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I, I, I I'm trying to think of like a like a more modern movie. Like to be honest, like I guess it's either I guess it's the Lone Ranger because I don't know why I have that on my shelf when it hasn't held up for me. <laughs> um, no, I'd say, I I have it, it too. I, you know, there's there's some movies that I have that I thought weren't that great, mm-hmm. but I own because when Tradesmart went out and they had the seventy five percent off sale, or it's like you bought two and got two free. I can't remember how it was, mm-hmm. um, but I have that. And Adam Marcus's uh, Texas Chainsaw that I got okay. for I think a dollar seventy five. That's that's fair. Actually, I've got one. Um, Village of the Dam- John Carpenter's Village of the Damned because I am a Carpenter completist. I got that yeah. on sale at uh, Second Spin. So yeah, that one's not that bad though. No, it's not bad, but it's not like it's a fun watch, but not for the reasons that <laughs> it's true. I, I find value in it in certain sections of it, but it is a edited mess because of the studio. So like, yep. but, but the special features on that thing are incredible. So I guess that's the value in it. So yep. I, I've got another one. Cool. Last blood. Cause I had to get it with the Brambo set. <laughs> You know what's funny, Brad? Guess what I got today for seven ninety nine. God damn you! Oh, you didn't you didn't go for the steel books? Uh, no, because man, that's fucking eighty five dollars, and I think my wife's still mad at me for forgetting that I pre ordered the Office Complete series. So <laughs> it's good you did. That thing is like selling out constantly. Is it? Yeah. Oh, good. Yeah, um, yeah. I, I watched it. It looks yeah. great. <laughs> The uh, the other things uh, are some Van Damme movies I have that are not very good, yep. <laughs> but I, I have them because they're Van Damme movies. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like you know, like yeah, I mean you have Jason Statham. I have a few of those. I'll have to. I'd have to think about it. Um, but yeah, you know, like Chaos with Ryan Felipe, and <laughs> I don't even remember really what happened in that movie. I just know I have it. <laughs> Anyways, uh, every week on Real Nerds Podcast, we see a new movie, and because of everything that's going on, we're doing a safer at home. This week, we streamed or, yeah, streamed the remake, reimagining of Rebecca. Yeah. But you can also stream on Netflix. Stay tuned to the end of the show. People have been more disciplined, but here we are. Yeah, well, I I told you why we still have a pandemic, because we have idiots. Um. And Swedish fish. <laughs> yeah. 
But Don't you knock the Swedish fish. They're delicious. He's right. They are, but they, I mean, it's not the only one. I remember I, uh, about two months ago, I went into Jimmy John's and there, uh, Kellen and I were waiting for our sandwiches and this guy was behind us and he got his sandwich and he filled up his uh, drink with root beer, pulled down his mask, took a drink from it, not from his straw, but from the cup and then put it back on the tab and filled it up again. So that's why there's still a pandemic because people are fucking idiots. You said you were at Target, by the way. Uh, another yeah. thing about customer service. Do they like continually like push their stocking carts like in your direction and like make you move? Uh, yeah. Yeah. It was not a good, I did not like my Target experience. Like, yeah. Like every time I go out to Target, like there's someone like they're doing tons of shelf stocking, right? Which I guess is fine. Like they don't want to yeah. do overnighters that much. Um, but it's just like when I worked in retail, like my bosses told me like, you know, don't make the customers move for you. Yeah. But no, everywhere I go now, like every, all the shelf people are like, excuse me. And you put this back. It's like, yeah, I, I would just wait. So uh, whatever. Yeah. I, I think it's honestly because they, um, so it's not just me. That's good. Yeah, no, I, I think it's because they don't have the best help right now, to tell you the truth. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so they, they're just trying to, and I mean, they I don't know if they care. I mean, let's be honest. No, no. Yeah, I mean, yeah, for sure what they're getting paid, yeah, probably not. But still, I don't, I don't know. Yeah, but, you know, I guess we do have a, a vaccine coming and just stay healthy, wear a mask, you know, because I, I mean, the scientific community said it's not going to be till April where it's really going to uh, settle down if all these vaccines work. So keep yeah. doing it. Um, but we'll move on from there. Uh, yeah, we'll uh, play the trailer and then we'll tell you if you uh, spoil the film. Uh, we also talk about movies that are coming out, Blu-rays that are coming out and films and stuff we've watched throughout the week. And Brad, we, I don't think we have around town, but, uh, you do have a teaser for your new film up online if you want to tell people about that. Uh, actually, I have both. Oh, cool. Hey, film buddies. Follow me around Denver. Yeah, the 88 Drive-In is still staying open, presumably to recoup all of the weeks they lost earlier this year being not open. So they've got a Christmas lineup of Elf, A Christmas Story, and National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation oh, that's going through good. December 3rd. Nice. That's a nice lineup. So they are closed Thanksgiving, uh, so don't go then. But Friday, 27th, 28th, and 29th, and December 3rd, you can check out those three movies. Sweet. And yeah, uh, I posted a teaser for my latest weekend film project, The Legend of Drunken Brewmaster. And I don't Uh, know where can we watch that trailer at, Brad? The uh, trailer is on my Vimeo account <laughs> or on Facebook. Uh, if you just uh, search for Nebulous Visions at Vimeo, um, it'll probably be the first thing that comes up. I watched so. it. It looks fun. Yeah. yeah I, I, I like when you only make like a five minute film and you try to cut a, a you know a 48 second teaser for it, it's very hard to, <laughs> put something together that doesn't spoil everything it has a nice grindhouse feel to it like uh yeah it's definitely trying to do the 70s 80s kung fu vibe so 
It, yeah, I pick it up. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I'm pretty excited to show it to people, but they haven't announced anything yet, so I can't do anything until that happens. There will be a screening process. Uh, there's like two waves, so all there's like 90 films from that um, project. So that'll screen, and then all the best ones that win audience choice from that will go this, the next round, and then audiences will vote again. So... I'll cool. let you know make more. Sure you, uh, yeah, let us know so we can make sure you move advance. I need your votes because that's the only reason Spotlight made it to the best of. <laughs> yeah. For the Not last project. Not because it's a good movie. No, because we've said we're friends. <laughs> okay. So, uh, yeah. Well, congrats. Thank you. Um, let's talk about what's happening in the movie world in a segment we call Real News. It's real news. Yeah, so um, as has already been stated up at the top of the show, um, movie theaters have shut down all across um, uh, different parts of our counties, but uh, specifically also 700 movie theaters nationwide closed over the weekend, and that made the box office that's already, you know, teetering on the edge even worse. Um, Freaky was obviously the bigger hold this week. Um, but uh, hopefully if they are able to reopen a little bit in um, uh, within the coming weeks, um, Wonder Woman might be able to help give them a push. But um, to be honest, like the fact that they just shut down again overnight tells me we're in for a long haul again. So um, I'm not holding my breath. Um, I mean, supposedly it's supposed to only last till December 4th. I hope I hope so because you know what we'll was gonna you know what was supposed to come out the moment like the day before they the day before they decided to shut down I got word that Mank was going to be at the Mayan and I was super excited I was like oh great I can go see Mank I can find a you know an, an afternoon showtime and watch Fincher's new movie the day that it would have dropped was the day that everything shut down I'm like god damn it fucking know, wear a said, mask I was gonna go see the Crudes but fuck. <laughs> <laughs> was that for Kellen or for you? <laughs> uh, Kellen, yeah. Yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah, I just I just really like Nicolas Cage as a caveman. Um, <laughs> um, but anyway, we'll, we'll move on. As a result, though, um, it seems like everything's kind of rippling around because uh, um, you guys saw a trailer for a movie called The 355, right? Mm-hmm. In, in uh, any of your screenings as of, as of late? I don't remember. Okay, it's a Jessica Chastain action movie. It's directed by Simon Kimberg. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, it's getting moved now a a whole year to 2022. What? Yeah, that it was supposed to come out in January 2021. Now it's going out January 2022. This is insane. I I, I don't – I mean, there's more other things that are getting shifted around in different ways. Um, Coming to America, the – coming to America sequel with a two in the middle instead of a TO um, is coming to Amazon prime video on March, 2021, as opposed to its theatrical release that it was going to get through Paramount. Uh, so yeah, Paramount is definitely not doing well because they've been giving up a lot of their movies lately. Cause well, like I said the... too, I, I think it's at a point as well where they're going to, they're starting to run out of dates, you know, yeah. and um, I, I'm curious to see if, the vaccine works and things start getting under control if they start moving movies up and start putting them actually back out into theaters. 
They might. I mean, we'll see. I, I, I think this is all, I think Wonder Woman's going to be another litmus test that they're going to give a shot, depending on how many theaters are open to do so. Like the thing that, that should be clarified as far as from as far from as recently as I checked, not every theater technically in the Denver area is closed because the um, not. the AMC Cherry Creek Eight, the one I used to work at um, in the mall in the Cherry Creek Mall, is still open. So yeah, you can. I go think in most there. of the AMC's and Harkins are still open. Yeah, they are. Um, the ones that are in my I, the, the ones that are in our counties are gone. But if you're in Denver County, you can go there. So technically, to one. Um, and then the AMC Orchard 12 is the uh, closest one that I saw that I'd be able to get over to. So, um, but yeah, so, and uh, I don't know if I'm, <laughs> I don't know if my gas budget will allow that. Um, but you know what? It's okay, Ryan. It's really okay. You know why? Because you know what's going to save the movie industry? It's not going to be Wonder Woman. It's not going to be Mank. It's not going to be the 355. It's going to be the Tom and Jerry movie and we got a trailer for it. <laughs> yep. Um, yeah. I think the animation looks cute. It does. It does. The, the animation looks cute. They're being violent to each other. I love it because that's how those cartoons should be because that's what they were. Um, not to say you need to be purist with it, but I never liked when they talked because <laughs> um, those were some videos that happened. Um, I just, I'm always specious about these films because once again, it's let's put these uh, animated characters into a live action environment because you've got Chloe Grace Moretz and, um, uh, uh, Michael Pena and Colin Jost and Ken Jeong in the movie. So, um, I, I mean, the trailer looked cute. I'll go watch it. I don't, I'm not as fond of Tom and Jerry as I am of the Looney Tunes, but I respect Tom and Jerry. So I'll, I'll give this a shot. Um, yeah. it's, um, it's interesting. It is, it's, it's, I liked the, um, the back half of the trailer when they're, when he's doing the Batman gag. <laughs> that was fun. Yeah. Um, uh, and then uh, we'll move on to another cartoon uh, piece of news because this one actually kind of boggles my mind. Um, so we all are, are familiar with the Pink Panther movies, if not fans of them to some degree or another, correct? Yeah. Okay. Um, that, as we all know, it got remade in the mid 2000s with Steve Martin playing Inspector Clouseau. Um, now uh, the filmmaker, Jeff Fowler, behind the movie Sonic the Hedgehog, is going to be rebooting the Pink Panther and it's going to be a combination of live action and animation because they're going to make the Pink Panther a character in the movie. Um, I, I don't think they watched the Pink Panther movies. <laughs> that's, that's, my, that's, that's my conclusion. The Pink Panther was an animated uh, in the in the original movies, he's an animated character in the opening credits, and then he got his own little cartoon series spinoffs um, through, I think, the Chuck, Chuck Jones Studio. I could be wrong, um, but I don't know about this. The, the Hollywood Reporter says the story will focus on a smooth operating inspector who, thanks to a traumatic event, now has a Pink Panther for an imaginary friend. Um, uh, the the Pink Panther, of course, does not speak because he never spoke in the animated openings or in the cartoon. Well, he, no, he spoke in the cartoon, didn't he? God damn it. No. I don't remember. No, he didn't. Okay, so then, yeah, silent, silent comedian, that Pink Panther. Um, but uh, but he does help solve the case. So I, I yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know. I was not a fan of Sonic the Hedgehog, so I'm very, very... Um, very puzzled by all of this. This All of this news seemed like they put it into a blender. 
Um, but I will watch it. I'll, I, I'm a Pink Panther um, completist to an extent or another, but um, I actually don't mind the first Steve Martin uh, outing um, that he did as Inspector Clouseau. I don't like that second one. Um, but, uh, but yeah, we'll move on. Um, we like video games. We like James Bond, and we certainly like James Bond video games. And now it looks like um, developer IO Interactive is making a uh, new video game uh, for James Bond that will tell his wholly original origin story. Um, in other news, they didn't watch the last two Bond movies that came out. Because <laughs> mm. um, that isn't that, that, that correct me, if, it's been a while since I've seen Skyfall Inspector, but I'm pretty sure that's what those movies are about. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, and we haven't, and we still haven't seen No Time to Die, so we don't know how many more pieces of his backstory we get. So, but yeah, I mean, I like. Um, I remember liking Goldeneye on N64. So, yeah, it's uh, classic. Yeah, I don't know if any of the video games that have come out for Bond since then have been any fun. Um, like that's. Oh man, there... I can't remember. I don't remember if there was one that where they tried to do the Connery era is what I remember. But um, anyway. I guess we answer our own question when we don't remember what came out. Yeah, I guess that's true. Um, Goldeneye Reloaded was okay. Oh yeah, that one was good. Is that was that like a restoration of it, or was it just a whole new game? The restoration of it. Okay, right on. Cool. Um, and then um, we'll move on to filming is commencing on Black Panther two in July twenty twenty one is when it'll kick off. It looks like they've added a um, an actor from Narco Mexico to the cast, um, and they haven't been speaking out loud, but there's been rumors that have kind of confirmed what we've thought, which is that it looks like Shuri may have a more prominent role in the movie. So um, that's good. I, I'd like that. Um, I think that's the the best way to do it because, you, I mean, you can't do anything else. I mean, you're not going to replace Chadwick Boseman. So. The, on, the only other option that I would put to the table is Lupita Nyong'o's character in Black Panther. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I, think, I think those two teaming up or something, mm-hmm. or even M'Baku, I mean, you know, he was Black oh, Panther oh. for a little bit. Don't 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 tease me, Ryan. Because I would I would pay all the money to watch Mbaku take on the Black Panther mantle. I have no idea if he does it in the comics. I don't care because it's Winston Duke, and I want him to do it. Um, actually, this is a side piece of news, but it looks like uh, Bozeman's final movie, uh, Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, which I didn't realize was based on an August Wilson play. So now I'm very excited for this movie. Um, but it uh, it got a trailer dropped. The trailer looks awesome. Uh, and it's been getting really good buzz. So I wouldn't put Chadwick Boseman out of the Oscar race um, for a posthumous win. Um, yep. So that, that could be a fun, um, an inspiring win. Um, and then we'll move over from Black Panthers to Predators. We're going to get yeah. another Predator movie? The heck? <laughs> Shane Black already tried. <laughs> yeah, but they got Dan Trachtenberg. He's a pretty yeah. great filmmaker. I know. This is the thing. We've got 10 Cloverfield Lane director Dan Trachtenberg to a new Predator movie. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I don't mind. I, actually, I, I need to rewatch Shane Black's Predator because I don't remember not having fun with it. Um, but uh, Dan Trachtenberg scared the shit out of me with 10 Cloverfield Lane, as did he pretty much everybody on this show. So I am very, very excited to see what he does with this. Um, and then... Um, we'll move on to another piece of casting news. Stranger Things season four has announced some new cast members 
and one of them tickles me to no end. Robert England is coming to the cast of Stranger Things. This is cool. This is really cool. Now you have my full attention, Stranger Things. <laughs> like, um, and then they're also going to be um, adding new ser- series regulars, Jamie Campbell Bauer and Eduardo Franco. I want to know who Robert England will play, though. I, I don't know who he'd play. I mean... Uh, Fred Krueger. <laughs> he can do more than just that. He was Willie and V, the miniseries, dude. He can... <laughs> And I know I'm pulling out of like the doldrums of the late uh, the late 70s early 80s for that one but dang man he's he's a fun actor regardless if he's donning that burnt makeup. Oh, no, I not. agree. Yeah, he's a great um, actor. Uh we'll move into some other TV news. Jeopardy will resume production and it will be um filling the slot um left behind by Alex Trebek in the moment of his passing with guest hosts, one of which will be Ken Jennings which seems very appropriate. Um, uh, So that's good. We'll get some more Jeopardy. Obviously that cash cow will never go away. Um, And then uh, we got two last pieces of news. This was a sad story, but it was also very like, it it was like, it it was bittersweet. Um, So there was a um, terminally, terminally ill fan of the Halloween series. um, And he, uh, David Gordon Green and Jamie Lee Curtis not only showed him Halloween kills, but Jamie Lee Curtis officiated um, this fan's wedding with uh, his fiance before he passed away. And it was, yeah, I, I cried reading that. That was like one of the, God damn it. All the people behind this series are eternally wonderful people. Like I just, I, God damn it. It, it just moved me to tears. He, the, the guy unfortunately had stage four esophageal cancer. Um, and uh, he, they, uh, Gordon Green managed a screening, and then uh, Jamie Lee officiated the ceremony. And I just, ah, God damn it, this is also wonderful and sad at the same time. Uh, uh, guys, uh, Halloween kills for best picture just from that story alone. Um, <laughs> but um, and then the last piece of news, which I I was not expecting, but I guess I also shouldn't be surprised at this point when this happens. So Conan O'Brien is ending his nightly TBS talk show. Um, but he will be, but he will be moving over to HBO Max for a variety series, which um, I didn't see that one coming. Like the second half of that is what I didn't see coming. But, but yeah, it looks like Conan O'Brien's going to be leaving his um, TBS tenure. Um, and he, one of the things he said in a statement was, in 1993, Johnny Carson gave me the best advice of my career. As soon as possible, get to a streaming platform. <laughs> I'm thrilled that I get to continue doing whatever the hell it is I do on HBO Max, and I look forward to a free subscription. <laughs> you know, um, he, he was kind of signaling he was going to end it pretty soon when he switched the format and all that stuff, so... Wasn't he going to be going like from nightly to like weekly or something like that? Like, wasn't that something uh, that was happening? No, he did. A, he went from an hour to 30 minutes where it's now just interviewing a guest for 20 minutes. Yeah, that's right. That's right. That's right. Um, okay. So, but the variety show thing has me curious because I don't know. I, I, I'm, I'm imagining O'Brien given his, his, if you listen to his uh, podcast, Conan Brian needs a friend. <laughs> um he uh he's he's got clear knowledge of how you know tv comedy works and specifically like sketch comedy can work so like i'm actually excited to see what he would do with the variety show on hbo max so um i'm down for that 
and also we don't get a lot of variety shows these days. Um, and no, singing competition shows don't count. Um, and that's news. Cool. So movies are coming out on Blu-ray. DVD releases and Blu-rays. Well, I think there's something for everybody here to some extent or another. Um, we'll start with um, Mad Max is getting a 4K release from Kino Lorber. So that's cool. Um, this is like the, is this like the second specialty label that Mad Max has gone to within the last 10 years? <laughs> Cause they were yeah, with I, uh, Screen Factory first. <laughs> yeah, I have, I have the Screen Factory one. Yeah. And I don't know if I, I need that one in 4K. <laughs> I don't know. It's a fun movie. It's not great, but it's a fun movie. I have the Blu-ray in the high octane collection that I was able to find at that thrift shop that I used to work at. So what's um, what's fun about it is when his family gets killed. Is that the fun part? (laughs) No, it's, it's, but it's like, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a late seventies exploitation car movie. Like it's, it's got, it's, it's got its fun moments. Um, But it is like, yeah, it does get brutal at the end because that's that's where Mad Max has to go before the wasteland fully envelops and becomes a post post apocalyptic zone that is the Mad Max world. Um, we needed to start by establishing that society has crumbled, um, and then the Beastmaster is coming uh, to four K <laughs> from Vinegar Syndrome. Uh, All right. <laughs> yeah, this is um, Don Coscarelli's. Uh, film uh, from 1982. This is not uh, uh, the like the Beastmaster cartoon or anything. This is just something he did. I am I am not Don Cascarelli um, uh, knowledgeable. I, I still haven't seen the Phantasm movies. I've only seen like I guess it's Bubba Hotep is really the only thing I've seen. Um, but yeah, he's he's all right. Yeah, I, I mean the Phantasm movies do have a following, so I definitely need to check them out at some point. Um, yep, they're okay. And then um, we're getting uh, Criterion's putting out an essential Fellini box set. You get 14 movies from Federico Fellini. So if you're a Fellini fan, Henry, you're listening, right? You can get that. Um, There's also the complete collection of Buck Rogers in the 25th century coming from Kino Lorber. Um, You get the, uh, both two, both seasons and the movie. Um, So yeah, that's cool. Um, I've never seen, the show, but I know it, I, I remember it being referenced in uh, Zach and Mary make a porno um, when they're talking about uh, different sex toys. So uh, that's um, that'll be an interesting watch if I choose to pick it up. Um, Kino Lorber is also putting out The Lost Weekend from 1945 with Ray Milan, directed by Billy Wilder. This is an amazing film about a, an alcoholic who, an alcoholic writer who goes mad, and it's sort of based on billy wilder trying to uh reckon with the writing relationship he had with raymond chandler on double indemnity there's a quote where he says i i made this movie to explain raymond chandler to himself um because chandler was a big old alcoholic um and then from 1936 gene harlow william powell myrna loy spencer tracy all in libeled lady you can get that from warner archive you can also get the pirate which is a gene kelly joint uh, that also has Judy Garland in it from 1948. You can check that out if you'd like. Um, Paramount is putting out a movie called We're No Angels with Humphrey Bogart, um, which I have. This is another Bogart um, blind spot for me, so I'll have to seek it out. Um, and then 
we are getting a movie called Deadly Games in 4K from Vinegar Syndrome from 1989. The, the, the alternate name is Dial Code Santa Claus. Is this the one that they had the trailer fours in the Alamo last year, Brad? Um, yep. where the, yeah, where the guy's trip, where the kid is trip wiring Santa Claus all over the room. Uh, yeah, I kind of want to see this movie. I'm sad that I didn't see it when it came to the Alamo. Yeah, it's um, bad. Oh, oh I'm, <laughs> it looked bad. I still want to watch it. Um, and then um, Cinema Paradiso is getting a uh, reissue of the Arrow Academy release that it did. So if you don't have Cinema Paradiso yet, there's your chance. Um, and then uh, this is a Robert Downey Jr. pick. Um, Wonder Boys is getting, I guess, reissued from Paramount. Or is that's, it? Is it? No, it's never been on um, Blu-ray. Oh well, then you can get Wonder Boys for the first time on Blu-ray. It's been a while since I've seen that. Is that movie any so good, Ryan? Yeah, that's good. Right. I will. It will be here tomorrow by eight p.m. <laughs> I, I, you know what I remember most about that movie was Bob Dylan getting his award via teleconference at the Oscars that year. Um, yep, that happened. Yep, that did. Um, and then Better Call Saul season five is coming to Blu-ray. Um, so if you want to keep following Saul's adventures around, you're more than welcome to. Um, I guess there was a delay because that Monty Python Flying Circus box set is coming out. So, um, yeah, uh, uh, get out your fish slapping dance uh, shoes and get ready to watch the Monty Python. And um, last but not least, this is just for me. I Nobody else. Uh, well, maybe Henry will give a shit, too. But The Irishman is coming to Criterion tomorrow, and I am going to the Barnes & Nobles right after work to pick that sucker up. Um, so yeah, get the Irishman on physical media because then Boy. it won't lag in the middle of the three hours that that movie is that wonderful three hours. <laughs> uh, and then that's Blu-rays. Cool. We watch films throughout the week and we're going to tell you about them in a segment we call what you've been watching. So, uh, yeah, this is the stuff we've been watching. Brad, what'd you watch this week? Not a lot at all, really. Um, I watched a couple more SNL sk- uh, skits. Uh, the best I one like I the sent one you to you. Sent me. Yeah. <laughs> I, I didn't, there being did like, not expect it to go that way. Is this really going to be a Dead Poet Society parody for like the whole thing? And then glorious, glorious turn of yeah, events. It's really boring for the first like five minutes. <laughs> yeah. It's like it's it's slightly funny. Like they're 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 playing up the cheesiness of it, but where's this going? Yep. Yeah. <laughs> the, the the paper hat gag in the middle of it gave me a good chuckle but yeah. uh, yes it's a slow burn <laughs> it's like it's like perfectly timed comedy like you yeah. know totally. they, if they played it out that long so that the, this single gag is so stupid but amazing yeah. uh yeah because it's yeah. unexpected that's why it's awesome so yeah and then uh i think the last thing i i don't i don't think i talked about it last week because i saw it midweek is the last thing I saw in theaters was Wolfwalkers? Uh, yeah, that was definitely... You didn't talk about it. Uh, yeah, because, Corinne did, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, the movie's uh, pretty good. Um, the The story is very much very, very similar to Princess Mononoke, but it's the art that like really like sucks me in. Like, this, the art style. Um, and, like, it's already beautiful, but when you start to look at the details of the, they still have the, like the pencil sketches of the characters like underneath the uh the coloring hmm. um 
which you know probably in a disney movie they'd be like oh that's a mistake someone should have erased that but i like it looks really like it just goes really well with the style they have in that movie um about this uh a girl who moves to a a kingdom with her father and he hunts wolves for the king and she stumbles onto a, a feral girl in the woods uh, who is uh, kind of leading the wolves while her mother's gone. And they kind of, you know, once they set aside their differences, they uh, and become friends. They kind of set on this mystery of like, where's her mother at? And like, what's the king up to? And all that very much. If you watch Princess Mononoke, if you watch Princess Mononoke, it kind of plays out in a similar way. That's, a little more like the villain is definitely more villainous than say, uh, I think lady Aboshi is, um, in that movie, but, um, very similar themes, but yeah, it's, it's, it's the art style that really, uh, is worth watching the most. Um, it's, it's beautiful. So that's all I watched. Zach. Um, I didn't watch much either. Um, I rewatched The Social Network, um, which I meant to do before 2010 film explosion, but I didn't get around to it. Um, that movie's still fucking perfect. I, I stand by my number one choice on it. I, that still engrossing, like still captures your attention from the minute it starts to the minute it ends. Um, uh, I was actually like really paying attention to Army Hammer in it because um, there had been some stories resurfacing about um how they pulled off the the special effect with it and i'll say like it you know it's 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 a beautiful uh piece of filmmaking from fincher to get the to to create that twin version for hammer and have that um other actor basically playing the double in it for him so uh it's pretty it's still remarkable um i i, I was actually Gar Andrew Garfield, like I don't remember pegging that he was going to be the breakout star of that movie because it's interesting to see the trajectory of both him and Eisenberg because Eisenberg didn't really get super huge off of this movie. Um, like the only big thing that he got after it, I guess, would have been Batman v Superman because other than that, he was doing a lot of indie stuff, right? Like, I, I, unless I could be wrong. But like Garfield, yeah. but then Garfield then exploded into Spider-Man and like, you know, I, I'm not the biggest fan of those Spider-Man movies, but he's fine in them. Like he's super, he's super likable in them. Um, and then, um, and then going into working with Scorsese and then also doing Hacksaw Ridge, like, you know, like his, the trajectory seems so weird. I'm actually surprised that Justin Timberlake didn't get a bunch of like acting offers after this that weren't kid friendly fair. Cause he's fucking amazing in that movie. Like, it's kind of wonderful that he's playing an interpretation of the person that basically ruined the record industry. <laughs> um, right. But um, so it's a nice piece of casting on Fincher's part, but, and um, the, the Sorkin cameo gave me a giggle this time around that it hadn't before. Cause <laughs> he's just ba I love how he ends the scene with like, what is this? <laughs> Why are you kids wasting my time with your dumb platform? Um, and I agree with James. We need a follow-up in the light of what Facebook has become uh, in, since the 10 years that that movie has been around. Um, and then I rewatched The Irishman on Netflix for the last time because after this, it's nothing but physical media for me on that movie. Um, and yeah, I mean, I've, I've talked enough about that movie. I don't need to talk anymore about it. 
Um, and then the last thing that I saw was uh, Alex Gibney's new doc, Totaler Control, um, which was uh, a film that he made amidst the um, uh, growing concerns and then the eventual where we're at now on the COVID-19 virus. And um, it's very interesting how the film's put together because the he's very transparent with how his crew is keeping guidelines and keeping safety COVID uh, safety guidelines in place to uh, film the interviews with people. Um, he's doing the interview remotely. He has a crew that is set up with a barrier between them. Um, and they really just go through the, the point by point on how the virus developed, where we're at, where we got to and where we're at now. Like the, the film literally ends with, a uh, title card of like uh, just before the completion of this, uh, just as this movie was completed, President Trump was diagnosed with COVID-19. So um, it's a really good doc. It's really focused on not just the administration at hand, but more frankly, it is about the, uh, how scientists were trying to mobilize and doctors were trying to mobilize to get tests going and how there were errors abound in the results of that. And, I, it's it's a pretty fascinating doc. It's not the best thing Alex Gibney's done, but given how much time he had to do it, um, I'm pretty impressed by how everything is put together. So um, I, I'd check it out. Um, it's certainly not irrelevant, like because everything. It's like a good primer of like where, what this has become, and it's actually one of those. It's a film that when I saw it, I was like, like it's interesting that film itself has developed where now we can have a documentary about an event like this because nobody made a documentary uh, back in 1918 about the uh, the flu pandemic that was going on then, obviously, since there was no sound technology, but also like, you know, there's, there's film clips, there's photographs, but we don't have the, we don't have like a documentary to give us that insight apart from a PBS doc. So it's interesting to have an of the moment, here's what's going on in the world right now record for the future. So, um, so yeah, I, I, I'd check it out if you're interested and that's all I watched this week. Cool. cool. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I didn't watch too much either. I, I got the office box set. So I watched the first season of the office, which might sound like a lot, but it's only six episodes. Um, yeah, it looks good in HD. Um, the first season, there's maybe two episodes that are pretty good. The rest, kind of just get by um i've also been re-watching friends and it always cracks me up because friends was broadcast uh its first i think seven seasons in standard television format before you know there's high def and uh and then it switched to high def but on the blu-rays and hd uh upgrades later they switched it to 16.9 which they were filmed in, and then they were trimmed in um, for tel- 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 uh, for television. Um, but when they do that, you can see like marks and things on the floor and where the the set ends. It's kind of funny. Um, I guess it gives it charm. I don't know. Hey, you you get to be on the set of Friends, Ryan. <laughs> that you know, it's true. Yeah, you could you be any more excited for? It? <laughs> on set. I need to rewatch Friends. <laughs> yeah, Friends is a great show. Um, yeah, it's fun. I, I watched Twins, which made its Blu-ray debut last week. Um, oh, I love that movie. And the movie's 
okay. Um, <laughs> the, the, the only bummer is, it, I mean, it looks pretty sharp in HD, but you can tell it's an old master and they didn't um, like rescan it at all. Um, but the movie's still fun and harmless. And you go back and think it was Schwarzenegger's first uh, comedy. I think right after this, he did Kindergarten Cop, um, both by Ivan Reitman, if I remember correctly. And they do have an interview with Ivan Reitman on it, which is pretty fun. And he talks about on it how it's one of his most loved movies that he made right after Ghostbusters. And uh, it is. It's kind of one of those movies that is fun and harmless. I don't know if it's like a great comedy, but it's funny. Um, you know, and then it's kind of sad. Uh, Kelly Preston's in it. And when they did the interview with Ivan Reitman, she passed away like two days before. So they, they touch on her passing. Um, I mean, the Shout Factory Blu-rays, I think it's only $15 and it comes with two interviews, one with the writer, one with Ivan Reitman. Um, and it's a fun movie. Um, Schwarzenegger and DeVito have a pretty good time in it. Um, and I watched uh, The Strangers, um, uh, the Scream Factory one. That movie's still pretty great. Um, it has a new 2K scan on it. It looks pretty good. Had you not um, if you watched seen the transfer yet? or uh, I'm sorry, what? Had you not watched that transfer yet? No, no. It's um, So, yeah, I have uh, – I'm about – <laughs> three movies behind on my screen factory crypt. So I really got to get caught up on it. Um, but I, I've been really digging into the special features on the movies that I need to um, put it, put on. I mean, there, I got really burnt out on it, not because the movies are bad, but um, I got the Hills run red and there's six commentaries on it and getting through all of them. So I'd have to, I had to watch the movie seven times um, is a chore. So I've only done like three of them. So I, I kind of got burnt out on the Scream Factory crypt for a second just because of that. But I'm starting to get back into it because it uh, it uh, leads me to my... Uh, the last thing I watched this week, I think... Um, oh, no, I watched two more things. I'm sorry. Um, one of the last things I watched is John Carpenter's Vampires is another Scream Factory release. Ah, um, good for you. <laughs> James Woods is a vampire slayer hired by the Vatican to eradicate vampires in New Mexico. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's kind of, it's a Western movie with vampires in it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I do like the soundtrack from, or the score that John Carpenter does. It kind of has a nice twangy guitar to it um, he was really experimenting with that stuff in the 90s because he has a little bit of that in the score for escape from la as well yeah it, i mean it works really well for the movie the tone set right mm-hmm. um the makeup effects by kmb are really great in it oh yeah um uh, i mean it's it's gorier than i remember it being i haven't seen it in a long time it gets um, brutal man that massacre in the fucking ho- in the motel room <laughs> yeah <laughs> that, that shit's nuts <laughs> And I, I love too. It's I think it came out in ninety seven or is it ninety eight, Zach? I can't remember. It's ninety eight because it's number ten on my ninety eight list. <laughs> gotcha. So it's <laughs> it's nineteen ninety eight, um, and I, I forgot. Like you know, it was cool for James Woods to call the father's padre. I'm like, man, this movie is kind of dated, 
Um, in so much too as uh, some of James Wood's dialogue is really bad. Mm-hmm. Um, the way he treats uh, the the hooker, he calls her like the most horrible names, and he smacks her around. I go, wow, this is not the best hero. And, and a preview the, of things to come. <laughs> yeah, in the interview with <laughs> Carpenter and his wife, I, I really love his wife uh, on interviews and commentaries because mm-hmm. she she really remembers things really well and she kind of helps him stay focused and stuff. Um, but they talk about how it was kind of hard to work with James Woods because he's so intense. And uh, you can see that come across in his performance. Um but he says Padre all the time, and it's just, I don't know. The movie's fun. There's lots of violence, lots of death. Um, oh, yeah. It's a, it's a very slick, fun vampire western. Like, that. that's all I wanted out of it. That's all I got out of it, and I like it. <laughs> yeah, I forget um, the guy who plays Valak, the main vampire. But it's cool hearing... Um, Carpenter talked about it. is the reason he cast him because he's a really good martial artist. So he liked how he could move and um, things like that. So, yeah, and it comes across his performance. He's a pretty good vampire. Um, yeah. So it's, it's a fun movie. Um, just be ready for some really coarse language that hasn't aged that well. It's Thomas Ian. <laughs> it's, it's uh, Thomas Ian Griffith. Yes. He's um, also uh, Terry Silver in uh, Karate Kid part three. That's right. So, yeah, so he is good at, um, martial arts yep um and, and the last thing i watched is uh destiny rides again from criterion starring james stewart and marlene dietrich yep. uh a, a film i've never seen but based on the reviews of uh everyone watching the disc and uh reading leonard malton's book about how great it is i i, I blind bought it um not this half off criterion but i think it was in july was the other half off criterion yeah and um so i got it then and i finally put it in and yeah the movie's awesome Mm -hmm. um james stewart plays a uh a lawman who comes to a pan uh a bottleneck i'm sorry bottleneck uh city and do they ever say what town state it's in i don't think so i don't remember um but uh, it's bottleneck anyways uh the one sheriff is killed by uh the like the head outlaw out there i can't remember his name off the top of my head right now anyways he's killed by the head outlaw um they name the town drunk the new sheriff because they figure that he won't do anything to them because he's too drunk but little do they know that he decides he's going to stop drinking and be serious about his job as a lawman. So he has Thomas Jefferson Destry come to town, mm-hmm. who is the son of a famous outlaw named Destry. And um, he doesn't have a gun. He prefers to um, take down the bad guys through his being smart and the law. And it's kind of a dark comedy. Yep. <laughs> and um, it plays really well on Western tropes from the 30s. And James Stewart is freaking amazing in it. Um, Marlene Dietrich is really great in it, which I was watching the special features, I guess, is a big comeback for her. Um, yeah. She but, had, um, 
because this is post her uh, von Sternberg phase, um, which you have that collection as well. Uh, yeah, but yeah, I, I'm trying to remember why she had to need to come back to begin with. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, I don't remember, but the movie is really great and uh, it's funny. Um, the action's actually really great in it. Um, you know, everything's really, really solid in the film. Um, and the Criterion Blu ray is pristine. It looks so great. Uh, I recommend anybody, if you have, if you like James Stewart or you like Westerns or you just like classic movies, uh, that it's one you should not miss out on because the Criterion is really great. Um, yeah, yeah, it's, it's a pickup. It was a. It was on the voting list for the film club last week because it came out in '39, and it was like such a stacked list of things to choose from. It ended up being Mr. Smith Goes to Washington, but Destry is really fun. Um, I told you in a text message. I said every time I watch a movie from 1939, I'm more and more convinced it's probably the best year ever for. Uh, it, it, it is like film. I can. I have on my shelf like at least five. 39 movies that are considered absolutely excellent i'd even i i was telling you like on at some point on yesteryear i want to do a 1939 film explosion of sorts with you and like one other guest just to fill the room and just go over like see who what what our picks are from that year actually um i forgot something that i that i rewatched um uh, this week, which is only angels have wings. I watched the Criterion version because I hadn't seen the movie on the Criterion version before. First of all, that that is the best way I've ever seen that movie. Period. But uh, that I I am I was I I'm just floored by like the more I keep going back into Grant, the more I'm like, man, he literally was able to do everything. But yeah. Gene Arthur, my new. Oh, yeah. The more I'm watching Gene Arthur these days, the more I'm like, you know what? that's the woman I want to marry. Like that's <laughs> Gene Arthur is just like my, my screen crush through and through at this point. Um, and also um, Sig Ruman, um, he plays the, um, the head of their, uh, their plane outfit um, who's handling the business end, but obviously he's not because he's, he's losing money left and right. Um, but it's Sig Ruman getting to play a role. That's not a bumbling upstart. Who's like, you know, getting befuddled by the Marx brothers. Like he's really earnest in it. I was like, I just, I loved going back to that movie. Like, yeah. it's And that's a pretty heavy movie too. Oh but... yeah. And it, it's like, it, it's one of the special features was describing. It's like, you are brought into that world. It feels like an exotic world that you would want to hang out in. And, and they pointed out like Howard Hawks is really good at doing that. Cause I'm like, yes, I like the environment in Rio Bravo. I would want to be there. <laughs> like not yeah. maybe in the middle of the gunfight, but you know, like, uh, but yeah, no, that, that transfer looked incredible. Like I, I'm glad I picked that one up. Um, but yeah, cool. Yeah. 1939. <laughs> and that's what I watched this week. Sweet. Uh, our film of the week is, 2020's Rebecca. Brad, should people stream Rebecca? Uh, yeah, I think so. Um, it's a it's a pretty good flick. I, I can't imagine like you could do another version of this ever. Um, yeah, it, it is the best version of this story that has ever been made. <laughs> Zach, is there a way to virtually strangle somebody over the, <laughs> over Zoom? <laughs> Why is my opinion not valid? It's, no, it's valid. It's totally valid. Because you might be surprised what I'm about to say. 
Um, yes, because it's Netflix and you are able to um, see it without having to pay anything extra. Um, I really, really tried to put my predilection to the Hitchcock version aside. I've still never read the novel. Um, this version has its has its good points. I think that my biggest problem with it is that it's in too much of a hurry. Um, and that this it doesn't, version? this, this particular version of Rebecca from 2020. There's another one. Yes. From 1940 <laughs> directed, directed by a certain person who wasn't going to appear on this show until he was forced to. <laughs> Damn it. Oh, I didn't know uh, that, man. Well, I'm glad yeah. they did because I mean, it's probably way better in color anyway. <laughs> God damn it! <laughs> um, um, no, my—I I mean, if I mean, I will say that every actor in this film is giving it their A game. I just—I felt like there was something off in it, but I think in order to really detail it, we'd have to get to the spoiler section. So, but yeah, I—I check it out for curiosity's sake alone. So. Um, yeah, I mean, I think you should stream it, except when I started to stream it, it said, just so you know, Netflix is going to 1349 a month, starting Ooh. December 14th. I was like, fuck you, Netflix. Um, That's why I'm getting the Irishman on Blu-ray. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I think it's a movie you can stream. Um, <laughs> I, I don't, I mean, I, it's, it's pretty good. Um, it does have some issues that we'll talk about in the spoilers. Um, but I, I, it's better than I thought it was going to be. And uh, anyways, I have a huge crush on Millie James, so it doesn't really matter because I'll stay, stare at her for two hours any day of the week. Um, yeah, here's the trailer. <laughs> I know, right? Here's yeah. the trailer for Rebecca. The terrace is for guests only. Monsieur, the young lady will be joining me. What have you do? I'm a lady's companion. Maxim de Winter. His wife died last year in his entire need of company. I'm Monsieur de Winter. What are you doing? Oh, you'll see. This week, I'd like to never forget it. Come to Manly. I'm asking you to marry me, you little fool. Mrs. De Winter, may I present Mrs. Danvers? Welcome to Manderley. Never seen a house like this. Oh, I'm sorry, I thought you'd been a lady's maid. This is all very new to me. Oh, I'm sure you won't disappoint him, madam, if that's your concern. We did a lot of entertaining when the late Mrs. De Winter was alive. You can talk to me about her. I have no secrets from you. All marriages have their secrets. Has Max ever talked to you about the accident? I don't know what you're talking about. How am I supposed to know anything if you don't tell me? She's still here. Can you feel her? I'm tossing and turning all night. She was the love of his life. I wonder what she's thinking about you. Taking her husband, using her name. He doesn't 
you. I said I want the truth. You didn't know her. You know what he did. He can't go on living in that big old house with a ghost. I don't believe in ghosts. Rebecca tells the story of a young woman who meets a dashing young man at Monte Carlo and they fall in love and she goes to Mandalay, which is the most wonderful place on earth where he lives. <laughs> and when she's there, she finds that his uh, deceased wife is very well loved in the house. And she doesn't know if she'll ever measure up to the greatness that is Rebecca what is great about Rebecca in both versions is that she plays a villain and she's never in the movie. Her -hmm. presence is felt throughout the film um, in both versions. And I thought that was something that this version did well as well. Yeah. Um, Oh yeah. But yeah. It does a good job at not trying to. Yeah. And you know, what I loved is that I put that as our film of the week and a lot of people that worked on the film retweeted my tweet. So that was nice. Very cool. Nice. Like the cinematographer and one of the writers. And so it was nice. I swear only you have that power. Cause when I do it, silence. <laughs> well, it's, it's, it's how you word it, Brad. I don't know. I don't know. Clearly you have <laughs> the gift. <laughs> I, I truly do. I mean, um, what's Michael my Giacchino's, big one? Michael Giacchino oh, yeah, is Michael a fan Giacchino. of ours now. <laughs> yep. Yeah. He's like, wow, thank you so much for saying my work on um, Let Him Go made a difference, which it is. It's great. Maybe he'll finally get a great gig. (laughs) Yeah. Man, if you can only uh, take that stepping stone to the next level in his career. Um, Does Tom Cruise have a Twitter? (laughs) He does. Okay. The moment he retweets you or acknowledges you, that's the moment when you could just die happy, right? (laughs) But but does Tom Cruise actually use Twitter? I'm guessing it's... (laughs) I think, I think he's too busy getting into ridiculous stunts that make him look amazing and at the same time also break his leg. Twitter, <laughs> like, Twitter, Twitter's not dangerous enough for him. Yeah. Well, yeah. I do know people like uh, uh, Rod Stewart. His pu- publicity team runs it, but if it's something he writes, he signs it like uh, RSXX. So he might have like something where you know that it's from Tom Cruise or something like that. I wish he signed it the stew man. <laughs> um, <laughs> Anyways, uh, but yeah, Rebecca. Rebecca. Um, <laughs> you know the thing. Uh, the movie is really well made. I mean, it's it's nicely shot. Uh, I think the thing that I miss most about the film, which it, it'll never be able to shake, it being a remake of one of Hitchcock's most famous and well-loved films is it doesn't have the gothic feel of the original mm-hmm. it's more of um kind of a romantic murder mystery you know yeah um, it doesn't where... have the it doesn't have that tone like the gothic intonation and it doesn't feel like things are truly haunted in it yeah yeah like can we really touch briefly on like there's she has in this version the second mrs de winter has visions throughout like that come in 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 fast montage and there's one where she's pulled through like a a, a bed of vines into the ground like so like but it never feels like the house actually haunted 
Like, I don't know exactly what it is. Cause like they set it up, but it doesn't feel that way. Um, yeah. And I also yeah. like, I, I like army hammer, but I thought he was really boring in this movie. Um, I don't know. He doesn't, I, I don't, I didn't dislike him in this movie. I think that the issue is, is that it's, it's it's weird because this is a version like this is something I was I realized that would definitely be an angle to this is that this is a version of Rebecca where we would actually get to see romance like that is not just you know uh, a long passionate kiss like these guys you know are making sexy time regularly throughout this movie and uh, I I think part of my hesitation with Army Hammer ends up my he he starts off really good in the Monte Carlo stuff. But then as he gets to Manderley, his character switch never feels quite right where he suddenly goes yeah. to the because in, in in the original version, Olivier is always on edge, even as he's being charming to Joan Fontaine. In this one, he seems really laid back and then he just shifts all of a sudden in a way that doesn't feel natural to what Maxim would be thinking into my mind because Again, like this film also, like this film starts right off the bat with the Monte Carlo stuff and show a shot of Maxim de Winter, you know, about to jump off a cliff. So, and actually the cliff stuff is reserved for Mrs. Danvers at the end. Um, but so like, I kind of got the sense that he shifts in the weirdest way. Um, but his his moment in the boathouse when he gives the confession and in this version, he does... He, he he basically does kill Rebecca, whereas in the original, he it's an accident. Um, and I think he's actually really good in that moment, especially when he grabs the gun and is loading it and explaining mm-hmm. to the second assistant, which I think he's really good in that moment. But again, as you as we're, as we've been talking about, like it just feels like he's not all the way there. Um, uh, yeah, uh, Brad, you haven't seen the 1940 Rebecca. What did you uh, like about the 2020 version? Uh, overall, I, I I thought the mystery was really good. Um, when you when you talk about the house not feeling feeling haunted, I actually felt like you know it's not it doesn't feel haunted like in a gothic sense. It's just more of a I definitely feel the weight of this like uh like like this no, notable woman that everyone in the community is just like enamored over. Yeah. Um, it's like that it feels like her presence is in the movie uh very much um the only thing i didn't really like like the like i actually felt like the flashback or the like the dream sequency stuff was kind of unnecessary yeah i thought it was really hokey too the you know the the one where they're at the ball and they they're chanting rebecca and it's changing colors from red and blue i thought was really just way overdone. I yeah. was I was wondering why that was there, and I haven't yeah. seen a lot of Ben Wheatley's work, so I don't know if this is something he does on the regular. But uh, well, he did Free I, Fire, right? Yeah, I still haven't seen Free Fire. Yeah. Um, oh shit, it's awesome! But yeah, I, like I that. Love, um, yeah, uh, but yeah, like for the most part, the movie works just fine as like just a straight up cinematic experience, and then the CGI Agreed. dream sequences start to happen. And you're just like. It just seems like they're trying to justify an inflated budget. <laughs> yeah. Or like, I, I don't know. I haven't seen the other one. You said there was dream, dream sequences in that. I think they should have just left it out because I think it was effective without them. 
um, it, in the in, in the original there isn't. It's I was I was wondering if this was like something from the book because in the movie they don't. The only dream sequence is the same one that we have at the beginning of this one, where she is. They say like last night I dreamt of Manderley again. That's the dream. But and in this version they've just stuck a bunch of those montages of like flashes of scary imagery in there that feel weird. So yeah, and then uh, Lily James' character. There's like this is what like a two two hour. 20 minute 10 minute movie it's um, two hours and one minute <laughs> two hours and one minute there's like yeah. a lot of scenes of her like snooping and then apologizing for getting caught snooping yeah like the 10th mm-hmm. time she'd f- stop doing that <laughs> so i was just frustrated <laughs> the whole time of like you know you you already got busted for looking at his book and then you you drop the 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 porcelain whatever statue and hit it um like you could have easily just said like, oh yeah, I was chasing the dogs and they hit the table and it fell off and stuff like that. Or you just be like, uh, I'm the lady of the house now, so go fuck yourself. <laughs> yeah. Which we don't really get that same moment in this movie that we get in the original with her saying, mm-hmm. I am Mrs. DeWinter now. Like, because when she goes to fire Mrs. Danvers in this version, she then gets basically sideswiped by the revelation, which again, I, since I haven't read the book, I don't know if this is what the case is with Mrs. Danvers, but she's uh, 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 been a part of this house and part of Rebecca's life for years. And uh, the uh, the the thing that I took out of it was like it's it's a weird way to transition into what becomes the um, the the Manderley Ball sequence where obviously she, you know, puts on the, the, the dress that uh, in, in this version, it's the aunt, but like she puts on the dress and Maxim's pissed off about it. And he goes, take that fucking dress off. And uh, it, so like, it just felt weird. Whereas like in the original, she asserts her authority, Mrs. Danvers backs down and they're still at odds with each other. So she's like a persistent villain. And in this one, it feels like Mrs. Danvers becomes like, she tries to play even further mental tricks on the second Mrs. De Winter, which it just feels for whatever reason, it feels weird. And again, I'm trying not to bring my baggage in on the 1940 film, but it's very, very tough because the, both of them pretty much follow the same uh, line of thought and line of story for the most part, except this version obviously is a little bit more uh, able to do the things that are directly from the book that, Hitchcock wouldn't have been able to do because of state sen- state and local censors at the time. Um, so, but you know, anyway, I, I've rambled on long enough, Brad, like what, what else did you like about the movie? Uh, I mean, yeah, the, I, I, like I said, the, the mystery, most of it. And so I was sitting there most of the time, like wondering, you know, through the whole like dating sequence and then moving to Manderley or whatever. I was like, like, where's the story going? Like what's, what's going to be special about it. And I was kind of figuring, you know, I, I bet the husband killed her and everyone's hiding it. And so, you know, after a couple of misdirects, I was like, oh, okay, I was right. <laughs> this is where this was going. And um, I mean, not everybody's hiding it. It's just like, they, it, like everybody is. Everyone's withholding information that like, and also that's, that's a frustrating thing too, is like how much uh, maximum or maximum. Uh, <laughs> maximum to winter. <laughs> Maximus de Winter. Uh, yeah, like there's just so many like sequence 
like if people just talk to each other like so many <laughs> things would just be avoided so that's kind of frustrating is when yeah happens just I like agree. like i like, feel so know, bad for lily james like she's making this mistake because you won't tell her about your dead wife at all like how she's supposed to know, that's what know I mean, the like, painting i get why uh lily james's character is you know i didn't know i was making a mistake but you know army hammer's dude is going take it off but he doesn't explain why he's just pissed off and if you're like a real person say hey you probably shouldn't man my dead wife wore that that's really upsetting that you're wearing that yeah where'd she get that idea yeah. Oh yeah, exactly. Miss Danvers told me to do it. Oh okay. <laughs> yeah, <no doubt. laughs> but, get, I mean, get the fuck out of here, Miss Danvers. <laughs> again, they, they they both both films follow this this template from Daphne du Maurier's book. They it that happens in the original version, but it just feels more appropriate. Whereas in here, like Army Hammer's performance isn't justifying his temper tantrum, yeah. which like whereas Lawrence Olivier's is feels justified. Um, or at least workable. Because, um, yes, it, it, it's very clear from the moment you step foot in front of Mrs. Danvers that she's the devil's henchman. So, like, <laughs> you know, I, but yeah, yeah, anyway. Um, yeah. In a while, we talk and, about, oh, sorry, go ahead. Yeah, like a long time ago, I, like, I think James was talking about the movie on the podcast. And so I was trying to remember bits of his review. And, like, the only thing I can remember was I think he said something about, like, Rebecca was two people. Um, so that was like riding with me the whole time of like, especially at the end when, um, Lily James like wakes up after the fire and they're like in Cairo. It's like, oh my God, this is going to be like, she was imagining this whole thing the whole time. And she is, um, Rebecca, like just having a dream about someone else. Um, so there was that too. So I was kind of like on it little bit on, on edge about that like oh is this going to be like another reveal um so yeah well you didn't see the end title card that said rebecca will return in you know <laughs> i mean i i mean i i thought it was completely inappropriate for nick fury to ask rebecca to join the avengers i just thought that was completely inappropriate um but uh can we talk about the finale a little bit because um the one of the so like amongst my issues is that I feel like this film is a little bit too quick, uh, quick with its editing and a little, and doesn't let things breathe as much as I'd like them to. But my biggest complaint is, is that Mrs. Dam three hours. God, no, no. But like, (laughs) it it just feels like things could have been like, it feels like we're moving from scene to scene super quick without any breathing room whatsoever. Like, I don't feel like I get a lot of, uh, a lot of room to breathe here in this movie and let those performances sink in. But um, so Mrs. Danvers sets fire to Manderley, much like in the original version. In the in, in this version, I wasn't a fan of Mrs. Danvers just jumping off the cliff. I would have preferred her to burn in Manderley, like in the original. Like I know that Ben Wheatley wanted to go a different direction than Hitchcock, but I'm like, yeah, but I would love to see Kristen Scott Thomas, Thomas's version of Mrs. Danvers going up with the flames of Manderley too. Like that, I don't know. There's kind of like it just put me off a little bit it, in my version. Um, they would show up and it would be burning and Miss Danvers would be running out on fire to scare everybody one last time. <laughs> oh. Kind of like Cloris Leachman in high anxiety before she falls off the tower. I have her run out and like scream. And then all of a sudden her head would just roll off because it 
burnt off. She just <laughs> she just yells Rebecca. Yeah. <laughs> That's why they, I don't make movies. And then they put her burned skeleton on the sh- the ship that sank, and then ship it back <laughs> out to the sea so she can be with Rebecca. <laughs> You know, I, wa- I wanted to do a dialogue t- touch up on this film. After Maxim and the second Mrs. DeWinter have sex, he can go, You just got Manderlaid. Yes. I-, I suspect that, like, the editing is, like, that <laughs> doesn't let things breathe, is because I'm guessing that being on Netflix, editors are starting to go back to the TV style where if people are at home, like, if you provide any lulls, they may drift away from the programming. Whereas if it was in a theater, you know, you're kind of trapped. You're hmm. stuck in that experience, so I think, yeah, they might be adopting a television style of editing where you constantly have to have things happening, that's, and moving that's, along. That's an interesting point I didn't think of. Yeah. Um, I, I also guess since I haven't seen uh, Free Fire or any of the more, uh, like a majority of Ben Wheatley's fare, I, I guess I need to go back and watch some of his stuff and see if his editing style is kinetic or anything. Well, like, Free Fire is definitely kinetic. Well, I would imagine from the trailer I think alone. Free Fire is only like an hour and 20 minutes. <laughs> yeah. Okay. It's, right. it's basically like one long scene. Mm. Okay. Um, I'm trying to think if I've seen a Ben Wheatley movie now. I, God damn it. Other than, other than Rebecca. But <laughs> um, all right. Uh, ben Wheatley uh, Thawne next for Zach. But um, I mean, like, I'd still recommend people watch it if they like, if they're not, if they have no interest in watching the Hitchcock version like some people I know, they um, uh, they can uh, check this one out and it will tell the story for them just fine. Um, I think what you miss, you're, there are two different filmmakers doing two different versions of this film. And I, I don't hate Ben Wheatley's version at all, but it's not the one I would probably go back to immediately. Um, oh, he's directing Tomb Raider 2 and Meg 2. Real, Meg t- the Meg 2? Yeah, the trend. Really? Wow, okay. Cool. <laughs> I liked the Meg. <laughs> like, oh, yeah, he doesn't have a ton of big name movies, but he's done some episodes of Doctor Who and uh, what was this? Oh, ABC's The Death segment. Segment U. Okay. okay, then I then then I have seen a Ben Wheatley thing. Um, but yeah, I I mean I, I don't know. I mean, like, and again, it's Netflix. You you're not paying anything, so you can. And I think Kristen Scott Thomas is a good Mrs. Danvers. Like, I think she is really good at pulling off the creepy charm there. Um, and uh, uh, I liked Lily James a lot as second Mrs. DeWinter. Like, she was the reason I kept focus on the movie. Because she is a very, she gives a very good performance in the film. Um, but yeah. Yep. The real um, question is, what did I think of it? <laughs> no. We're not no one cares, your dad. I know. Um, I'm sorry. <laughs> I don't know uh, what we're going to watch next week. Um, we'll figure it out. There was something I was going to suggest for this week, and I've totally forgotten it. Well, text me, let me know. Yeah. Until next week, thanks for listening. Mm-hmm. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of Real Nerds Podcast. 
Real Nerds Podcast is a production of Nebulous Visions Multimedia. Thank you to Sparks Mandrill and Plan 9 Studios for our kick-ass theme song. Also, if you're in the Denver area and you're looking for a cool place to see movies, we see them at the Alamo Draft House in Littleton and now also in Sloan's Lake. Thank you to Colorado Coins, Cards, and Comics for supplying us with all our comic needs, especially you, Andrew. You know who you are. And a big shout-out to James's mom. I'm giving you an electronic hug that you can feel through the airwaves. Thanks for listening, and have a nice day.